Hello everyone, my name is Adam. And I'm Bailey. And welcome to the ABC Cinema Podcast where we talk about the latest movie and TV news, rumors, and releases to keep your eyes on. And please feel free to reach us. Our email is abcinema.pod at gmail.com. And we now have a Twitter handle. Our handle is abcinemapodcast. Uh, We would love to hear any comments, questions, or ideas that you have for our show. And look forward to any feedback you have for us. So today's Friday, and usually we would go over what to stream this weekend. Um, It didn't look like a whole lot's coming out. You know, shows are still running, Severance, Severance. the Resident Alien, things like that, Picard. But Spider-Man No Way Home got released on digital this week, which was a week early. Am I right, Bailey? Yeah, it was a week early, two two or three weeks before it's going to be released on its physical copy. And this was a pretty big surprise. We found out, I believe, on Saturday last week that this movie was going to be released a week early, which was pretty exciting. Yeah, so we figured that in honor of the the early release of Spider-Man No Way Home, that Bailey and I would just go over our own personal lists of our favorite Spider-Man movies. And uh, I have our lists pulled up right in front of us right now. Um, They look pretty similar, to be fair. Yeah, well, the first one at least. And then we (laughs) diverge a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is going to be an interesting talk. I'm excited to see what your thoughts are on on Toby, Andrew, and Tom. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's get into it. Uh, let's start. So there have been nine Spider-Man movie released thus far, and we will go over them bit by bit, piece by piece, and we'll talk about um, just movie. Just We'll just give our rankings right here. So let's start um, at the very bottom. Bailey and I both have The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, I felt like this was a very obvious choice. Bailey, why did you put it this one here? <laughs> First off, I have so many complaints about this movie. <laughs> okay, well, um, we don't need to hear all of I that. will not. I will not. This will not be a, a personal essay on why The Amazing Spider-Man 2 failed uh, a franchise and failed, a, I, I would say, a really great Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Andrew Garfield was is phenomenal. And he, he's one of the greatest actors of his generation. And I'm excited to see what he does in the future. Maybe gets another one. Uh, another Spider-Man movie, but we'll see. Uh, this movie, I think it failed with... <laughs> it failed with... I think his name is Max Dillon. And oh, it Jamie failed Fox. with Le- Electro. Jamie Foxx's yeah. character. Just the fact that he wanted to get revenge on Spider-Man because he forgot it was his birthday. <laughs> it brings to mind the uh, the Bruce Wayne Superman Martha incident, you know? Yeah, yeah. Although I will say the Martha incident was a little bit more believable than, than no, this. No, no way. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I, it's will, a, I, I will fight you on that one, they Bailey. Were, <laughs> they were equally bad. Yeah. And I've only seen the extended version of BVS, so... I, I don't know how it was in in the theatrical format. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think they failed in Electro. They failed Dane DeHaan. I just feel like they didn't know how to use him in this movie. Um, you know, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I think one of my biggest complaints that I'd lodge with it is that, you know, they kill, they kill Gwen Stacy. And 
I feel like they had the best chemistry of anybody that we've seen on screen thus far. I would dare even say including um, Zendaya and Tom Holland, and they they play it very differently. But I, you know, they killed that romance, and I just that was also something that I disliked. I just feel like this whole movie is jumbled and just a mess. Yeah, it, I would say that it is all a mess. That that is the perfect uh, word for this film. I I think with where they were going with the film series with the end of the amazing Spider-Man ending with uh, Captain Stacy telling Peter to not date his daughter. So she's not in danger like he is. I think it made a perfect point. I, I feel like that aspect of this movie, the amazing Spider-Man two continuing that storyline was good for this movie. I don't know how they would have done this, but Gwen Stacy's death it, it it happens in the comics. It's a really sad, but it, it shows what... It's a sad storyline, but it shows the effects of Peter being Spider-Man and what happens to those he loves. And Yeah, but I mean, it's the whole fridging thing, and that's a whole controversy, so... Yeah, they should have, they should have uh, pushed it to the third film, but, I mean, we didn't even get a third film, so... Yeah, this is this was the movie bad enough to kill the entire Andrew Garfield franchise and make Sony think, you know what? Maybe we should jump on the Marvel ship. Yeah, and thank goodness they did. <laughs> yeah, I know, because as we get further up this list, we'll talk about that Marvel ship. Um, going up here, we have, I mean, so I'll look at your list. Bailey in eighth place has Spider-Man 3. So let's talk about that one. Actually, you know what? Do we mind if we talk about this, the, the first Amazing Spider-Man? Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so in eighth place, so Bailey's, mine and Bailey's seventh and eighth are flipped. On eight, I have the first Amazing Spider-Man, and seven, I have Spider-Man 3. On Bailey's eight, he has Spider-Man 3, and seven, the first Amazing Spider-Man. Um, my thing is, is that I, I like the Amazing Spider-Man. I like Andrew Garfield. Like, I feel like he was a really good in Spider-Man suit, you know? When Peter Parker's in the suit, I felt like he's one of the first people to do it, you know, good. Um, which is interesting because he made a comment a while ago, and I guess we'll go over this later, but he said, you know, he felt like Tobey Maguire was the best out-of-suit Peter Parker. He felt like he was the best in-suit Peter Parker, but Tom Holland has the double threat of being good at both. And so, you know, that, that was his opinion. I kind of agree with him, but I like Andrew Garfield in this movie. I like Emma Watson in this movie. The lizard is just the weirdest thing. <laughs> that whole storyline is convoluted. We have some weird backstory about you know, his father and Oscorp and I don't know. I just, you know, again, I, I like, I like the actors. I like Emma, I like Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield in this movie. Otherwise I feel like it gets, I get kind of lost and don't even get me started on that scene where the crane operators move all the cranes out. So Spider-Man can save the day. Cause I think that is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, that was really cheesy. And this is why I had a hard time with it. Like Toby, Tobey Maguire is the the OG Spider-Man. He he is the one that got us into this character. Um, he was the first superhero movie I ever saw, and I I honestly I credit the Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC's movies now, the way they are. Oh, honestly, DC's movies. I don't even want to talk about that. Um, but I credit Tobey Maguire for what we got 
in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, he popularized these movies and made them palatable to a general audience. Um, and I, I, I think that's why like, I, I struggle with this because Spider-Man 3, it just sucked. It was not good. There was nothing good about it. Um, the only good, actually, there, there was one good thing about it, and that was the, the end scene that had, uh, Harry dying, and, and he was, uh, and Spider-Man was holding him in his arms, and, and there was MJ there as well, and it was just a touching finale for a trilogy, but I just can't, st I can't stand Topher Grace as Venom, um, he was horrible as Eddie Brock. Uh, I still don't think we have a good Venom movie yet. Tom Hardy's better than than uh, whatever the guy, Topher Grace, is. Um, and then Gwen Stacy. I feel like they just shoehorned so many characters into this movie that it made it very hard for the general audience to be like, why should I care about these villains? And why are we revisiting Uncle Ben's death again with Flint Marco? Like, they had great actors in the roles, but it just wasn't... Honestly, like, if I could tie The Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man 3 together, I would. Yeah. Well, here's here's my case for Spider-Man 3 being above The Amazing Spider-Man. It's because Spider-Man 3 was the subject of such big studio interference. Yeah. That that's That's where I feel like... I would put it above because the director Sam Raimi has said that he was not interested in putting Venom into the story at all. He had his own thing. The, that villain didn't interest him and the studio really wanted Venom in the movie. So he had to, you know, at the last hour cut together all this Venom stuff and do this to appease the studio. And it turned into what is Spider-Man three. And, you know, I feel like I can't, I can't, in my own opinion, I can't in good faith be like, you know, oh, this is, this is, you know, I, it, it is a hard tie, but I feel like the amazing Spider-Man was like, that's, that's, that's the movie that it was intended to be made. And to some degree, that's why I'm like, come on, you know, I feel like if they had just left Venom out of this movie, it would have gone up uh, like a couple spots in my list. I, I think. And, and to be fair, the other reason it gets it gets brownie points for me is because we have that great meme of Peter Parker dancing. And who doesn't love that? <laughs> the cringiest. Oh, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, no, it's bad. Yeah, it was bad. But um, so, yeah, however you want to flip them, 7, 8, The Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man 3. Um, they're interchangeable for Bailey and myself. Moving up this list, this is where it, this is where it starts to get a little bit interesting. Um, so Bailey, why don't you start with your number six? My number six was far from home. Um, I think this movie was all about setup and I don't think that they should have done setup. Like the thing about the Marvel cinematic universe is they are great with teases. And this movie was all one big tease. And I think they heard a lot of complaints about the multiverse fake out in this movie and I think they just missed a, a big opportunity about they introduced the multiverse concept too early in this movie even though it wasn't real in that movie 
Um, I, I, I just think that this movie was set, setting up something way bigger than what it needed to. And it, it was a fake out. And that's why I, I put it down a lot lower on my list than, um, than, than you may have, but. Yeah. And I think just, just for this round where the last ones we went over, we felt like weren't great Spider-Man movies. The chasm between six and seven is so big because those movies did their job so poorly. And these ones, you know, even though they're number six on the list of nine, it's just because from here on out, we just have great Spider-Man movies and we have to differentiate between them. Um, I'm not going to lie. I just, um, far from home is also in my sixth spot. Um, I agree. I, I still love the movie. I love Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Um, but they still, it was the whole Tony Stark storyline again. Like they had it in the first one, which was fine. Um, and I loved Michael Keaton as Vulture and we'll talk about that later, but I feel like they were just retreading the water and testing the grounds of the multiverse and seeing like, would fans understand this when, when we actually would understand it if they just gave us a little bit more time. And I think this movie was struggling to know what it was. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like it's just, it's just the, the poorest Tom Holland Spider-Man, which doesn't mean it's bad. It just means the weakest. That's the word I should say, because his trilogy is very good. I just feel like this is the weakest. And to be, to be honest, the most forgettable, but I will say I love those Mysterio sequences credit where credits due. those Mysterio, you know, drone sequences they, that like that felt like I was writing the comic, you know, that felt so accurate to me. And I loved those. Yeah, I would agree. This movie, it, like, like we said, these movies six and above are great Spider-Man movies, but this one is the weakest out of those top six movies. Yeah. So moving on, um, Bailey, who's, who's do you want to go over first? Yours or mine? Uh, let's go over yours. Okay, so in my five spot, I have what is, um, how do I say this? I, f- I feel like this movie was just, it was the template for all other like superhero origin stories, you know? Mm-hmm. And not that it's like everybody had to follow this beat by beat, but it was done so well. And like, and like you said, it introduced audiences, audiences everywhere to a superhero film and what that could be um that you know i feel like even still to this day a lot of movies follow the idea i I feel like a lot of superhero movies kind of look at spider-man one and use that as a basis to start an origin story you know yeah this this movie was a, a great origin story like you said i i will say the campiness of this movie has not aged well yeah it's it's so cheesy and I, I feel like this is, it's so hard to explain. Like, I just the camera work, uh, like Sam Raimi is a great director. Um, I love his films. I'm excited to see what he does with the new Doctor Strange movie. But this movie, for some reason, the way it was filmed, and even some of the acting, uh, Mary Jane Watson, MJ, she was not that great in this series. Um... <laughs> She was just the damsel in distress over and over and over again. And she cheated on everyone. 
and <laughs> it wasn't she wasn't a great character but i will say i love toby Maguire's spider-man and this was i think this one is ranked so high on my or ranked number five on my list too because of the nostalgia um because this was like i said this was the first superhero movie i ever saw and I think that this really, this is what got me attached to superhero movies in the first place, like it did for so many other people. Yeah. And that's the only reason I'd say this is number five. Yeah. No, I like it. I, I know what you mean on the campiness too. Like, and I do, you know, I love Willem Dafoe. I, <laughs> I love him in this movie, but like seeing where villains have come since Willem Dafoe you go back and you look at it and it's like, you have to get in that idea of like, Oh, okay. He's not going for exactly the same thing that we see all the time, but even what he's doing, I I love it. Yeah. He's a great actor. So he did really good in this and in another film too. We'll talk about that. Yeah. So that's Bailey and mine's number five, Spider-Man one, number four. Oh, how about, how about we start with your number four? Yeah, so my number four is Spider-Man Homecoming. I I think this movie was a great reintroduction to who Spider-Man is without going retreading the same water we did with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Um, and I'd say this movie... I, going back to The Amazing Spider-Man, that one had a lot of emotion, a lot of teenage angst, and it was really a, a teenage romance superhero movie. This movie had a lot more emotion in a completely different way because we saw Peter Parker struggling with his identity as Spider-Man and, and trying to, to... He's trying to figure out who he is as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man. And he doesn't feel like these two worlds can mesh very well. And I, I love, I love this film as a start to the, to the Spider-Man movies in the MCU. I mean, we did see him in Civil War, Captain America Civil War, but I felt like this really set the grounds for, for what we were expecting to see in the MCU. And I loved what John Watts did with this character and Michael Keaton. There's no, nothing else to say on him. He's perfect, so. Yeah, I I, I have this one a little bit higher up on my list. I have this in my three spot. Um, I, I think this movie is so good because I feel like for the first time, you believably see Peter Parker in high school. Like, Tobey Maguire did it, and at the time they were filming that, you're like, dude, all these guys look like they could be on the Jersey shore. There's no way they're in high school. <laughs> and then, you know, the Andrew Garfield ones, like they kind of almost pull it off. But even then, like you only last one movie in it, you know, you last half a series in it and then you get out of it. Um, I just feel like this, this is the first time you understand Spider-Man in the film world as a teenager. And like, you know, he wants to, he wants to be an Avenger. he, wants to go to parties and, you know, be popular. And he has a girl and he's a crush and he's a nerd. You know, I feel like it like it's a such a great first movie into who Peter Parker is. And we understand who Spider-Man is that 
I don't know. I, 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 I love this movie and I love his interaction with Tony Stark. I love, what was I going to say? I love Michael Keaton. You said it earlier. He is such a good villain and he's such a well-written villain that you understand his motivation. And, and like, to me, he, in this movie, he is just so good. I like, I feel like this is, you know, top three Spider-Man movie in my opinion. I have it in my three spot. Um, I, here's what I'll say about this. And I, like I said, these movie, these, like we said, these movies are so good and it's so close. Like it's not fair to be comparing these movies to each other because the six movies that we're talking about right now, they're just on another level of superhero films. But I will say the third act of Spider-Man Homecoming is probably a, it's probably a perfect act for a film with starting off with Michael Keaton realizing that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and Peter Parker's reaction to that and just him going on this adventure of finding out where Vulture is and his plan to steal the Stark tech. I, I love this third act uh, and the dynamic between him and the Vulture. And this is where he starts to realize that saving these people is more important than killing them and preventing them from he saving themselves from themselves, saving these villains from themselves. Oh, Bailey, you're teeing it up, man. You're teeing up the next, my, my, my movie, you know, I know Um, that <laughs> sorry, I'm stealing a little bit of your thunder, but this is the origin of him realizing that, that it's more important to save the individual than it is to to hurt them and this is where he really becomes spider-man and and no way home really hits on this but far from home kind of went away from that a little bit and i don't think i think that's where why i rank no way home or far from home a little bit lower because of that Um, yeah it missed that mark of who spider-man is but it was still a good film um, but Spider-Man Homecoming, I this was top four was so hard for me. I was gonna um, say, yeah, this 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 two through four spot is where we our list differentiates the most. Mm-hmm. But why don't you talk about your number four? All right, here I go. My number four pick is Spider-Man No Way Home. I. And again, this is really hard because all these movies are good. From four from four to number one, you have some great Spider-Man movies. But, you know, with all the buildup that, that happened prior to this movie, you go into the movie and all you're thinking is, is like, are these other Spider-Men going to be in here? And spoilers um, for if you haven't seen the movie yet, which this movie means so much money at the box office that if you haven't seen this movie yet, that's crazy. But... You know, when they do show up, you're so thrilled and you're so ecstatic. I was in a theater and everybody screamed and we couldn't hear dialogue for like three minutes because people just kept screaming. Um, but I think the reason this one sits on this spot for me is because upon rewatching it, I think it's a little slow to get started. And then when it does get started, all you want is to see the other two Spider-Men. And like that middle section, you know, it's it's good and it's fun, and you're meeting all these characters and they're having these interactions. But like, I wouldn't say it's fun. <laughs> um. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, you have that you have that meme of Willem Dafoe, you know, thrown straight into the movie of you know I'm something of a scientist myself, so it can be fun in places, but like, and then it does get you know sad, but I just feel like you know you spend after at some point when I was rewatching it, I think like twenty thirty minutes in, I just wanted to jump to where we met everybody again, you know, because I felt like. From there on out, the movie's just a thrill ride. But for a little bit, you're kind of you can you kind of like disengage or you can you know be less interested. That's how I felt, and that's why it sits here in the four spot for me. What about you, Bailey? Uh, I'll save my comments on No Way Home for when when I get to that spot. Um, are you are you sure? Because yeah, because I mean, because yeah. I I'll, I'll jump straight to that spot right now because we've done my three and four. Let's just talk about Spider-Man Two real quick. And yeah, so that, so yeah. So that's what Let's I was saying. That's in my number two spot, is a uh, Spider-Man Two, and the reason I love Spider-Man Two is because I remember seeing Spider-Man when I was a child, but I also remember seeing Spider-Man Two, and just being absolutely captivated for the entire runtime. Doctor Octavius, Otto Octavius, is a great villain, a tragic villain. And he's, and he's Alfred Molina does so well in this role. Combine that with, you know, the tension between Tobey Maguire and James Franco, that Peter Parker, um, Harry Osborn tension that makes for a great story. And you know what else? And I feel like this is my biggest thing with the Raimi trilogy. I feel like the Raimi trilogy and, and also in Spider-Man two puts you in the, in the swinging of Spider-Man better than any movie does. Like even with the Tom Holland ones, I never felt like I'm swinging through New York city with Spider-Man. I feel like the Raimi movies do that so well that for me, you know, to some degrees and I always go back to them because I love that feeling. I love watching them, but yeah, I feel like Spider-Man two is, is for me, the number two Spider-Man movie of all time. Do you remember seeing the first trailer for The Amazing Spider-Man? No, I don't. I think I, I think if I did, I've repressed those memories. <laughs> it was it wasn't even in the movie. The all the footage in it, I believe, wasn't in the movie. But it was him running around doing parkour, swinging through New York, and at the very end, you see him land on the skyscraper, and oh, it's and him it's his looking reflection in the mirror. Yeah, in his reflection. That was probably the best Spider-Man swinging experience I've ever seen. And it sucks because the movie's so bad. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't but, even in the movie. No, it wasn't. Um, it was false advertising. The, the Amazing Spider-Man did a really good job at swinging. And Spider-Man 2, the, Spider- the Raimi trilogy, you're right, did a really good job at capturing that excitement and the adrenaline that it feels to have the wind through your hair even though we were just sitting in a a movie theater where where no air was being pushed around uh besides a bunch of sweaty guys breath um yeah this spider-man 2 is my number three and uh, as a kid that train sequence was I'm so, so glad you brought this up. Was so impactful 
because seeing Spider-Man like without his mask on, saving this whole train, you saw the pain in his face. Um, even if it was so cheesy, looking back on it now, like I still get chills thinking about the scene. I, I have chills talking about it right now, but seeing Tobey Maguire waking up in that train and them saying he's just a kid. As a kid, that made you feel like you could do anything. Yeah. And Sam Raimi, I, I love the man for just this scene. He he made me feel like I could be a superhero. And I I love this movie for that scene. And that scene alone, I I feel like it captivates it, it captivated me as a child because it made me feel like I can do whatever I want. I can I'm I have the strength to do whatever I want. Like obviously I'm not gonna stop a train, but like it helped me feel like I could reach more than my potential. Yeah, and something else that well you you mentioned that scene in particular. I also I just love when they're fighting on the train. I love when they're fighting on the train. Yeah. I love when he's fighting on the building. Like, oh, this movie is so good. And I felt like for the first time, you know, he's fighting Doc Ock. I felt like we got, you know, Spider-Man 1 was the template for like how origin stories should be. And I feel like Spider-Man 2 is the template also for just like how to make your superhero movie like really have a really good story how to have good action and uh, i don't know i i like again this one's in my two spot i love this one yeah i i loved it too and i feel bad that i didn't put it as my number two but there's a reason i have uh spider-man no way home as my number two spot yeah so so again mine was my spider-man no way home was a number four and bailey's was a number two let's let's hear what you got bailey spider-man no way home was really special for me um like, yeah, we were all expecting uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man's to show, Spider-Man to show up, as well as uh, Matt Murdock, Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock from the Daredevil Netflix show, or Disney Plus show now. Um, yeah, this movie to me meant a lot, just because I I understand exactly what Tom Holland was going through in what his Spider-Man was going through in certain parts. Like, I feel like his character was extremely relatable for me in this movie. Um, and relatableness is really important. Like, I felt like I was going through the same exact pain as him when Aunt May passed away. Um, and then seeing him cope with the grief when Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man or Peter Parker show up on that rooftop with Ned and MJ. I I feel like this movie connected with me on an emotional level. And like all of that nostalgia bait with the the Sinister Five showing up. I would call him the Sinister Six, but Venom wasn't even in it long enough to really count. Um there's like all the nostalgia bait was fun and everything, but really what captivated me the most was Tom Holland's acting ability in this movie. This is where I felt like Tom Holland is the best Peter Parker and the best Spider-Man. Like, yeah, he was crying a lot in this movie, but that's exactly what grief is. 
grief he captured grief perfectly and i i loved his performance as peter parker in this movie um and yeah people are upset about the whole aunt may be replacing ben parker uncle ben but i feel like this this completed a trilogy of an origin story for spider-man and whereas we got this really quick, like, 15-minute segment of Uncle Ben dying, and now he's Spider-Man, um, and then he starts fighting bad guys, it's like we didn't get to feel that emotion and that buildup of that relationship between him and Uncle Ben in those other series. But this movie, I felt a stronger connection to Aunt May because, like, we saw him dancing with her and for getting ready for the prom or formal dance in Spider-Man Homecoming. We saw them interacting over the phone and at the the feast uh charity for the people who were blipped away in Spider-Man Home or no way far from home. Why do they all have to start with home? Um and then like seeing their reaction or her teaching Peter again like you remember like going back to the vulture it's not about saving the villains. It's saving them from themselves. And it really hit home. <laughs> no pun intended. But I, I just love this movie so much. And that's why it's my number two spot. It's, it's just an eloquent conclusion to a trilogy for a... It was a perfect origin story for Spider-Man. And you know what? Honestly... Um, even though this isn't in my number two spot, let me just say, Andrew Garfield in this movie. Yeah. I feel like he did enough. I, I, I told my wife earlier, I said, this is the Andrew Garfield redemption movie because he is so good in this movie, both the Spider-Man and Peter Parker, like, and he's such a talented actor, you know, you gotta love him. He does so well. This next movie, some people might not think like this is the best Spider-Man movie, um, but I think this was a a really, it was a perfect. I, I hate saying these movies are perfect, but Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. I don't know what else to say other than Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah, it's it's my it's on it's my number one and Bailey's number one. So this is a unanimous pick for. Uh, the Phil Lord, Chris Miller animated Spider-Man movie based on Miles Morales, um, nonetheless, which I which I remember hearing about this a while before it came out. It was like a year and a half, and they were like, um, they're going to release a Spider-Man Miles Morales movie in the next December. And I thought, oh, that'll be kind of weird. And I'm just talking through my experience. I remember when it hit theaters, I was at home with some buddies, and I said, hey, let's go watch this movie together. And... We all went, and I didn't have super high expectations. I knew that the critics were saying that it was super good. And again, I just wasn't expecting much. And when I went into this movie, I think I was just floored. Like, with the animation style, with the story, with the emotional beats, um, the comic aesthetic of it. I just, I walked to that movie and said, this movie is pretty darn good. And here it is in my number one spot. What about you, Bailey? Yeah, I remember walking out of the theater with my wife, Yvette, and I I said to her, she did not want to see this movie. She hates spiders, but um, 
And so that in turn means that she hates Spider-Man. I'm just by, kidding. By extension. Uh, yeah, by extension. Uh, family relation. <laughs> <laughs> but we walked out of that movie and she said that that was one of the best Spider-Man movies she's ever seen. And I forced her to sit through all of the Spider-Man movies, even the bad ones. And yeah, this this movie was just, it, like you said, it hit all the right emotional beats. It introduced us to so many different characters and they all had their moment to shine. Even the 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 robot Spider Man Spider-Man or Penny Parker or whatever her name is. Yeah. But like it was it was so fun to see all of these characters, these oddball Spider-Men from the different Spider-Verse that they come from, and to see them all team up and find a purpose as a team. And I, I loved it. And then also um, I can't remember his name. Chris Pine paid, played played Spider Man in the first scene, but then it was played by the guy from New Girl. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was really good as Peter Parker. Yeah, it's like this disgruntled. I'm over it, Peter Parker. You know. Yeah, and it it was sad to see this Peter Parker, and it it almost felt like a continuation of who of who Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker would have ended up being. Like, obviously, we don't want to see Peter that Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker ending up like that. But it was just really interesting to um, to see what he would have ended up if his life didn't go as well. And the emotion that that character brought and then Miles Morales with his uncle Aaron passing away and trying to to work with that that loss and, and also confusion of him being a bad guy and trying to kill him. And so it, it, like you said, it hit that emotional beat very, very well of him being conflicted with like, I love my uncle. I look up to him. He's a hero of mine, but also he's this bad guy. He's doing bad things. And just uh, the character Miles Morales was so introduced so intricate in this movie and this isn't a kid's movie surprisingly like this movie i believe it's pg-13 and this movie is very adult oriented as far as who these characters are um it was kind of a dark spider-man movie but in a light comic booky sense like you said the animation was phenomenal and groundbreaking and i loved everything they had to do they had done with this movie and I'm excited to see what they do in the sequels. Yeah. And, and just so you know, like this movie alone is what bumps no way home down below Spider-Man two and Spider-Man homecoming for me is because in my opinion, like, yeah, Spider-Man, I like, again, these movies are all great and Spider-Man no way home offers a lot and it offers that nostalgia. But if you want to see a good Spider-Man multiverse movie, the Spider-Verse did it first, and it did it exceptionally. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I love all the different... I love Nicolas Cage in this movie. John Mulaney's Spider-Pig is just hilarious and just so out of left field. Haley Steinfeld as, as Gwen Stacy in another universe. Like, they pull these multiverse threads, you know, in this movie, in this animated movie. And again, I just felt like... And visually, it's stunning, just the art style... 
And the other thing that I have to mention is that I don't think any other Spider-Man movie has a sequence as good as the What's Up Danger sequence. Nothing gives me goosebumps in any of these Spider-Man movies more than that sequence alone. When, you know, he's 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 trying to be Spider-Man, but he hasn't figured it out. And then you finally get this moment where he realizes, like, it's just something he's got to do. And it's a leap of faith. And, and like, all the, the visual imagery they have, you know, they, they, I watched a video on it from IGN the other day where they break down why this scene is so good. And there's a moment, you know, earlier on, he gets into the spider cave and he sees a Spider-Man suit and he stands up to it and his reflection is lower and he doesn't, he doesn't reach the head. He doesn't fit in the suit. And when they come back to it in this, in this montage sequence, he stands up to that same suit again, but he's filling it out and just all the comp, all like that scene is great. It's perfect. I love that scene. And I just love this movie. Part of that scene was in the very first trailer for this movie. And I remember seeing that and I was just blown away. I was just so excited to see like we're actually going to see Miles Morales in, in a Spider-Man movie. Although he's not live action, I would have preferred it to be live action movie. I think it would have been really cool to see this movie in live action and maybe we will see it one day. But I I just loved that. Like you said, it's that scene steals the show for me like there are some parts in this movie i feel like bog it down a little bit like when they're in alchemax trying to steal the file to the, the drive the what do they call it the the uh the goober the goober yeah when they're trying to get the goober it's just um that scene kind of bogs it down but Every uh, like all the good scenes in this movie, the last fight scene with Kingpin and him accepting his role as Spider-Man and the what's up danger scene really make up for the slower parts of this movie. Yeah. And I like even though it has some of the slower scenes, like it just makes me feel like. It, it's it brings you back to your childhood. Like, watching the Spider-Man cartoons that I watched growing up, it brought me back to that feeling of, like, awe and wonder. And then also on top of that, the captivation of the the animation. They The cool thing about this film is that they, they took out certain stills so that it had a comic booky feel. And I can't praise that enough. I can't praise this film enough. Yeah, really. We could just keep throwing heaps of praise on here for the next 15 minutes. But uh, but yeah, so those are our lists. Well, that should do it for our podcast today. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or concerns um, or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us at abcinema.pod at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear your lists as well. And uh, Bailey, we also have a Twitter handle. Yeah, our Twitter handle is AB Cinema Podcast. So please follow us and make sure you give us your favorite lists of Spider-Man movies. So uh, we look forward to seeing your comments and your ideas on why Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the best movie. And if you don't agree, you're wrong. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but- <laughs> keep watching movies and enjoy Spider-Man. <laughs>